Hello, my Facebook and YouTube family. Hi. Thank you for joining us today. I am Crystal Dillard. Thank you for joining me on my Crystal Loves Texas podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Rebecca Williams, and we got a little hey. bit of a, a little bit of a bone to pick today. Not necessarily, I'm not gonna say a bone to pick today, but we have oh, some it's things, a bone. <laughs> we have some things that we want to talk about that we haven't necessarily We've been trying to walk on on polite eggshells for a while, but do you think it's time for us to crush those shells, it Rebecca? Does, it is. It's probably it time is. for us to crush those shells. And first of all, I'm going to let everyone who's watching know that I am a certified 17 plus year public school teacher in the state of Texas. And Rebecca is a certified 10 year teacher in the state of Texas. Okay. And Rebecca, do you teach because you love teaching? Um. Yeah. <laughs> she she loves it. Rebecca is a is a hard nut to crack, but she's <laughs> is a teacher that loves that loves teaching, and her students love her. I am a person who also loves teaching. I did not start out wanting to teach. Never wanted to be a teacher. We're we're in that same boat. We I, I never wanted to be a teacher because when I was coming along, which is a different generation from when Rebecca was coming along. My mother told me, and, and she wasn't doing this to be mean. She wasn't doing this to be, to be rude, but it was the way that she was taught. She said, Crystal, you major in what you want to, and you pursue that dream, but make sure that you always get your teaching certification while you're in college, because you'll always have something to what? Fall back on. To fall back on. So <laughs> I got that same spiel too. So I think, you know, I think it has to do a lot of times maybe with uh, the African-American community. And it, it yeah. just, just a real brief, 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 brief history <laughs> lesson on that, because that was the only jobs that African-Americans could do. Teachers uh, and nursing. Teachers and nursing. Like that was the only job. funeral director. Right. But professional jobs. Yeah. yeah. Professional jobs yeah. that required education. The only thing that people could do was teach school. I mean, there really weren't any doctors or lawyers because yeah. they, they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. They couldn't. So being a teacher was an end all be all that, leading right. up until 70s and 80s. And a very respected position back then. So Rebecca and all of my, my YouTube and Facebook family watching. I really wanted to delve into this today because I knew that in having Rebecca here, she wasn't here last week, but in having her this here this week, we could really go ahead and and peel the layers back on this because at this point the layers need to be peeled back yes. because because there there are some things that we're seeing that we really shouldn't be seeing right now. Exactly. The first thing that I want to say Rebecca is that I titled this the HISD experiment the long road home. Now, I want to clarify something. An experiment, basically, I'm not a science teacher, and Rebecca is not a science teacher. We're social studies teachers, but... I hated science. <laughs> but an experiment is something that has not been done before, and that we're trying something new to see what the outcome may be. That's the nature of an experiment. 
all of my science teachers out there, I'm hoping that, that, that I'm right with that. If you're a science teacher, I'm going to pull up those comments. If you're a science teacher and you've got a better, uh, a better explanation right. for an experiment for us, please, please feel free to let us know exactly what that is. But what I want to say is this, what we entitle this, what we entitle this show is the long road home. And first of all, in the third largest now public school district in the in the the united states no seventh in the united states seventh in the united states number one in the state of texas number one in the state of texas but in one of the top 10 largest school districts in the united states how did we get here rebecca your take on it and then i'll tell you my take on it well one is because we're in the south so, um, and I hate to, to, to say this, education is not a priority in the South. It used to be at one point in time, but education is not a priority. And I say that because everywhere in the South, from Texas all the way to Tennessee, education budgets has been slashed right. over and over and over again. So, you know, my my pastor always says where your money is is where your heart is. And that's absolutely right. So absolutely if you're right. slashing education budgets and taking money away from education, putting it somewhere else, not using it how you need to use it, misappropriating in some states. If you look, if you Google it, yes. some states have misappropriated educational funds, mainly in the South. Mm -hmm. So nothing that I'm saying to you cannot be researched. Right. That lets me know that education is not a priority. And Rebecca is an excellent researcher. She, she does her homework. And Rebecca, with that in mind, now I have been a teacher in uh, uh, until November of this year. I've been a teacher in HISD all of my career, all of it, all of it. And I will say this, and I am sure many teachers who teach in HISD, teachers, if you're out there and you're tuning in, please comment on this. None of us who've been in this school district for any amount of time, five years or more, would disagree that we knew that something needed to change. There needed to be fundamental changes made in order for our students to be able to hit the measure that was put forth for them to hit. Not necessarily that that measure was a fair measure, right? but it's the measure that was, that was, that was uh, put before us that we need to hit. Now with the State Board of Education, we need to be able as educators to sit down with them and educators need to be the ones coming to the table to help write some of these standardized tests. That's, that's important. It oh, we've said that for the yeah, It doesn't simply need to be some, uh, um, um, uh, College professors. Yeah, yeah, uh, a board of people writing these tests. We need to come together and, uh, being the ones who sit with our students every day, who know how they speak, who know what their personal life experience is, their frame of reference. We need to be the ones that come together and help to put these, these tests together. I think that's only fair. Mm -hmm. But with that in mind, everyone who sat in the space of a teacher in Houston knew that something was going to have to give. And I wish that could we have taken it more seriously as educators and as a district could we have come together with something more cohesive 
Well, here's the thing, and this is what I've always said, and not just in Houston, not just HISD, not just Houston, nationwide. Nobody asks teachers anything. Everybody comes yeah. in, and the reason we're in the mess that we're in now because nobody asks teachers. Yeah. Everybody comes with their bright ideas and what can we do, what can we do, but Every answer comes from somebody who is Someone not else. in the classroom, never been in the classroom or only been in the classroom so short, so short of time yes. that they don't have a, as what Crystal said, a frame of reference on what needs to be done. Right. So the reason that we're in this mess, because everybody sticks their nose in educational business who is not taking part in educational business. So with that in mind, Rebecca, would you say that in selecting or when 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 that when that um uh hunt is 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 put out there when that selection committee is put out there to place someone in a district like the Houston Independent School District let's say for the last for the last 5 years because mm -hmm. we've had uh three superintendents within the last 5 years three superintendents mm -hmm. within the last 5 years okay within the last 5 years when that when that uh um search starts what are some of the things that we need to look for in a superintendent or, or someone who is going to be setting the tone for the direction that this district goes in for the next 10 years well crystal, what do we, we need to look for crystal we don't have to look that far ahead yeah, i agree because we had it last year and what was that okay so the superintendent that we had last year i'm not gonna say his name it's public knowledge uh miller house right uh, Miller House was a TA. He was basketball coach, teacher. And, and, and tell me what your acronyms are in case somebody's watching that okay. doesn't understand. Teacher assistant, substitute teacher, teacher assistant. Yes. Teacher. Yes. Basketball coach, assistant principal known as AP, principal. Then he went up the ranks all the way to leadership, all the way to the superintendent. Yeah. And he also had children who were going to school in the district. So he has been in every single aspect of education from the, from the bottom to the top. He was perfect for our district because he could, uh, he could connect with everybody. He could connect with the support staff, which would be TAs, what we call TAs. He could connect with teachers. He could connect with principals. He could connect with uh, middle management, upper management, all the way to the superintendent because he had that entire experience. And it made a difference. It made a difference. There was no problem. There was no situation that ever caught him off guard. Right. Because he had experienced it all from a small district to a big district. That's what you need. And he was certified in everything. <laughs> Every position that he's ever held, he had a certification for. Rebecca, this special report came out from the Houston Chronicle on January 29th. And this is what it says. And look at that. Most Houston schools perform worse in 2023, disrupting two decades of progress. Wow. And that's after COVID. Yeah. That's that's after COVID. So we've got a Houston, do we have a problem? 
I think that's in Houston. Do we have a problem? I think that that is probably an understatement, ladies and gentlemen. Houston, we have a problem. And can we fix that problem? Are we prepared to fix that problem? I think we are. Now, here's the thing. Not only did I uh, um, pull that particular that particular um, uh, article that just came out two days ago. Mm -hmm. Rebecca, I pulled another one and I want you to, to take a look at this because this was even more startling. Now, when we started the school year this year, we were, we were, we were, I'm not going to say fed this information, but we were told basically that there was a system that by George, it was tried and true. It was uh, the best thing since sliced bread and it was going to turn us around. Okay. Now, let me just ask you this. Does life ha happen in a vacuum? Absolutely not. Okay. When life does not happen in a vacuum, anything that's set forth, that means that you are going to have, have to have that operate within all of the variables that are surrounding your situation anyway. Your variables with homelessness among students, your, vari your variables with poverty among students, your variables with, uh, with violence, your vari uh, variables with, um, with um, learning deficits. So you've got a entire disability yes, of variables that you have to work within. And anyone who's worked within a public school system knows that. Before Rebecca, as history teachers, and I'm going to say this for math, science, uh, English language arts, and um, electives and electives electives people are those specialized classes gym reading music yes they yes they are um and electives here's the thing before we get to the art or, or to the craft of teaching our core curriculum in the class what are some of the things that you may have to encounter and resolve before that lesson even starts on a daily basis with one of the, the the 30 plus students that may be in your classroom miss i'm sick i don't feel good miss i'm hungry miss i'm hungry miss he's bothering me da, 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 da. miss meltdowns or you have a student over here who's crying uncontrollably basically what i'm saying is that life happens in the classroom yes life happens in the classroom and if you don't believe that you need to Go and volunteer and substitute in your public schools. Anybody, anyone who has a, a question as to what teachers endure on a daily basis, anyone who has a question about that, you need to go and volunteer. I implore you, even if you don't volunteer, sign up to substitute. I have sat with children who had anxiety meltdowns. I have sat with children who have passed out in my classroom because of drug overdose i have said we can, i yeah it's the gamut it's the gamut and this is before write your name on this paper this is what we're going to do today and rebecca you know if if there's one thing that i remember if there's one thing that i remember at the beginning of the school year that was said to us is that and we had a big i'm not gonna say it was a it was a um a, a huge convocation type situation over at, at I just call it a glorified uh, professional development because well, that's what it was well but but professionally what did you learn nothing okay 
<laughs> I, I, I'm just, I, I'm just, we're, we're just gonna put it out there. Now, the thing about it is, in the in the different in the different breakout sessions that I went into, a lot of the same thing was being said, and there was a lot of contradiction happening in each one of the things that were being said, even between the people who were who were who were uh, presenting. And not anything that, you know, nothing against the presenters, but the presenters only presented what they What's had to present. present. Here's the thing, Rebecca, if if what we're saying right now was not disturbing, was not disturbing enough, ladies and gentlemen, we were told that our curriculum, the curriculum that we use would be provided for us and we had to do nothing but plug in that slide deck every day and use it and see well once once the school year got going now we thought that all of this had been vetted mm -hmm. okay nothing had been vetted <laughs> once the school year got going it was very quickly did we see that there were many many mistakes these uh these 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 lessons that were presented i cannot speak for anything else i can only speak for my subject matter which was eighth grade u.s history many of the lessons that were presented were were uh disjointed mm -hmm. we had a social studies curriculum and uh uh department within the district for the last 10 years that had been that had it, it basically i'm going to say it like this it was tried and true Everything that needed to be in there was in there. The way that the lessons had been had been uh, had been um, developed was in a way that the teachers were able to sit down when they went to their professional development and go through the lesson exactly like they would go through it in the classroom. You would do in your professional development exactly what that student would do and we do it real time so we'd have some bad actors in there and they play the bad actors and all that kind I of did thing most of the yeah. time <laughs> but you went through a professional development so that you could see what the flow was of that lesson it was very very quickly that i found out that in my particular discipline which is a tested grade level that they had tried to double up two 45 minute lessons two I'm sorry, two 90-minute lessons, two 90-minute lessons, and put them into a 45-minute uh, time frame. Well, when you have two 90-minute two lessons and you try to put those in a 45-minute time frame, are you going to leave some things out? Of course. Are you, you got to get through uh, it. Are, are you going to have time for any questions at all? Nope. Because you okay. got to get through it. That's right. Are you going to have time to to walk through and help the students do what they need to do and address any any shortcomings that the students may be running into? Again, no, because you got to do what you got to do. Okay. You got to get through the lesson. That's what a I mean. Absolutely. Are you going to have time to go back and reteach? Oh, no. Okay. And, you know, just one more thing. Let me say this. Rebecca, Were did ha, have you yet had a professional development this year? Have you gone to a professional development? I have. I've gone to a couple. Okay. You've gone to some. And what were some of the things that you were able to bring from that? That you didn't, that you weren't already using, that you didn't know? Well, let me say this. Let me say this. And I'm not even saying it to be facetious. Like, yeah. I, I seriously, I mean, I've been teaching for 10 years and right. everything that they give us is recycled. Well, and the thing about it is everything is recycled. Yes, it is. But 
when you teach history the information is not going to change my my subject matter was from from uh colonization up until uh up until uh reconstruction and the facts of that subject matter are not going to change now once you have have developed a sound curriculum which we had done um kudos to the curriculum department that has had been in place at hisd for the last seven seven years and i gave them a headache all the time she did but one thing that i appreciated from yeah. them and i will say that and i will claim that to the mountains they did the legwork yeah. if even if we had questions we could call our social studies department and say, hey, can y'all come over here and do a PLC? Because we're confused about this. Or we don't understand how to do this. And they would come out and, yeah. and sit side by side with us and say, okay, this is what you do. This is how you can teach this. This is how you teach this. And it wasn't you got to teach it like this. These are some suggestions on how you can teach it from different elements. Because the thing about it is, with with teachers, just like you have personalities, you want to be able to play positively off of the best attributes of that particular teacher. My attributes may not be exactly what my teaching partner over at Navarro's attributes would do. So sometimes we would switch kids out. Mm -hmm. And especially when it came to, to test time, mm -hmm. we would switch kids out because the way that I present may be a little bit different. Even the inflection in my voice may be right. different. Even the way that I animate certain things may be different. But that's what you want in a teacher. And it would be times, and I just thank Crystal, Lisa, and Daniel to the high heavens, and I'm going to always thank them. It would be times where, and these people that I named were in my teaching department um, when we were at Navarro Middle School. Yes. And I just thank them tremendously because it would be times where i'm like okay i know this information yes but how can i get it over to them and it would be times where i would come to crystal for certain assignments and i'm just like okay crystal i did it this way this way this way and they're not getting it and it's first frustrating me so you either need to show me i'm gonna skip it all together right. like and we would sit down and we would literally ask teachers teach each other and that's what you that's what you want to do it's not about putting in putting in a, a slide you know because yeah. the thing about it is everything that i everything that i taught and i always did this i like to especially for my students this is a social media generation you've got to make everything that those students encounter everything that you're teaching them they need to understand it real time right. how does that how does that reflect and relate to something that i've experienced in my life real world connection a real world connection and whenever you do that you're gonna be assured that those students are going to understand what the concept is and that they can repeat it to you at the end of that class exactly and um well crystal loves to do social media and a lot of real-time things i like to do a lot of project-based learning because information yes. became more real to my kids when they could put their hands on it and and do it like when they could put their hands on it yeah and do and even to this day when i run into my kids who have graduated that are graduating that are now in college that's the one thing they appreciated about my class they was like you know it wasn't just a note-taking packet work class you had us building things you had us thinking beyond what we were doing and it's just sad that we're not allowed to do that anymore it's and rebecca really as, as recently and and my point is this with sometimes 
if you wisdom says wisdom conventional wisdom says this if it's not broken don't fix it right if you've got a department that has gone forward and has put hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars into developing a curriculum even if you're a new entity that comes in have it's prudent to vet what you have in front of you and look at it and say this is going to save me some time because it's already excellent mm -hmm. don't just change it just for the for the exercise of changing it and i think that that is something that happened it did not matter um it did not matter what, you know what was said but this is something that as a teacher that's been teaching the same curriculum for a long time i could see that entire lessons were being were being omitted entire lessons and this is a, a tested grade level now let me tell you what was was said once rebecca this was discovered and i know you've heard this word before well you're supposed to take it and make it your own so you need to was it called internalize i'm so sick of that word or internalize it that means that uh-oh we need for you to catch up catch all the mistakes we didn't catch so first of all you've got something that is it, it stated that it's just like it is we don't want you to change anything because our professionals have gone forward and they have they have made this the best that it can be well obviously when something isn't vetted when you are professional and when, when your job is to make sure that something is the way that it needs to be to be disseminated to those students in the most effective way what you need to do is you sit down you be the student and you go through that lesson let that lesson be taught to you and you 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 can kick out all of the the, the kinks in it when you do it that way somebody said another teacher said on a, a group that we're all on mm -hmm. um and it was so poignant and i wish i could just like the comment forever you cannot internalize somebody else's ideas you can't this is why the internalizations don't work because if you're if somebody is putting something together for you i can't unless you verbally in your mind right unless <laughs> you verbally express to me and even then i still can't internalize what you're saying because it came from you and rebecca that's not even my point my point is this i was always taught this way what is honorable to do if you've made a mistake you step back and say you know what this is a this was a mistake and we need your help in correcting this mistake now and we 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 value your knowledge we value your expertise expertise let's get this together and make it right that was never said and one teacher told me that something was told to her where you're the expert in the room so you should have fixed it if you saw it was a mistake you should know that's it. not what well you know what and that's called passing the buck and not ever wanting to accept responsibility i was like wow yeah that's called passing the buck and not wanting to accept the responsibility when it's in your face what you presented was wrong you made a mistake you, you dropped the ball on this now let's go back to what we had before and let's take it from there that would be the way to do that but it's been what i've noticed it, it was a culture of of passing the buck and, and and someone i'll never forget i'll never forget this was said um this was the new this was the new uh acronym and and it was said an administrator said this our new acronym is fio 
And you know what that is? Figure it out. So that's how. So so that's the that's the that's the. So expertise. what if I'm a brand new teacher in the class? That, that, that's the expertise, and I've and, never taught before, and yeah. this is my first year in the class. I've never had any teaching experience, right? Ever yeah. or real teaching experience? Is that what's that's is that what you tell somebody? FIO, figure it out. But Rebecca, Gosh. I want you to take a look at this because this absolutely was egregious. What does that say? Lesson plan asking is if slavery should be legal sparks outrage in Texas school district. That's interesting. So now the last time I checked, I didn't see anything in my, I, I taught seventh grade too for many years. I taught sixth grade. Okay. So I've taught all of the middle school disciplines, all of the middle school grade levels. I never in any of my, uh, documentation any of my curriculum any of my textbooks did i ever see that question even posed in this day and time because we all know if it's one thing that's universal that we know about slavery is what that is horrible it was a horrible institution so why would you pose a question like that how would a question like that even get past a curriculum staff and when i saw it i said okay Maybe I'm not reading this correctly. Okay. And you can't say keep it in context. No. Maybe no. I'm not reading this correctly. And then I, that was another thing I thought to myself. I said, well, maybe. It's a context question. Let me. I said, okay. It's history. Think of the time period. Think of the time period. And what did you come up with? I said, okay. I tried to rationalize it. And I was just like, and then other teachers were commenting on it. And I was just like, yeah, I thought it was just me. I thought it was just me. And I skipped it for the most part because I was like, I'm not doing this. Could that be anything like the, 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 the Prager, the Prager you, um, uh, little uh little cartoon at the beginning of the year talking about Columbus. And then and if it, you, it's better to be a slave than to be killed. No. Right. And then what, I, what in the world? I thought about the eighth grade lesson that also struck controversy this year where they had very specific sexual positions in. What class was this? This what? was ELA reading. OK. And they were reading in a one story in yes. one of the passages and it explicitly talked about sexual positions. Well, let me say this explicitly and, and, and let me let me say this. If it's one thing, you know, bad or good, if it's one thing that I can say about our curriculum departments that we've had in place in, in HISD for the last at least as long as I've been in here, they have been 100 percent comprehensive. Right. There were people who worked in those departments. There were people who researched. It was their job to 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 go in and develop this curriculum and make sure that they vet the information they vet the material they even vetted the context but you should have seen the choices along with what crystal just showed me so the choices was a um should texas keep their slaves because it made them money b forget the slave masters free the slaves because who cares about what the slave masters think or keep 
allowed Texas or C allowed Texas to keep their slaves for 20 years and then and then have a gradual release of slavery. Then in that same in that same D was it all of the above? And then in that same, and I kid you not, in that same assignment, they had a passage from a constitution and it literally said Negro slaves. Yeah. One of my students, bless his heart, was yeah. like, so it's okay for us to say the N-word, right? I was shook. Well, like, yeah, what? Yeah. No, seriously. This yeah. child was confused because he was like, you know, y'all are always telling us not to use this word, but it's right here in our assignment. But so now, now that, now that I'm going to tell you that I always, I've always seen in our, our text. I've always seen that in our, in the eighth, eighth grade text, because we have to do, you know, you guys do too. Mm -hmm. You have to go through the civil war. And when you saw these bounty, these bounty posters, and when you saw the, the, the slave sale auctions, that's how it was described. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, um, you know, it, it's not about basically I teach what's there and I let students, I, I, I present it to them and I show it to them. I show them pictures. I show them atrocities. I show them the atrocities and I show, I do so. Yes. And because I want you to take a look at this and you make a decision for yourself if you think this is right or wrong. And I've never had one of my students in all the years I've been teaching to say, well, I think this was a good thing. Right. If you present it for what it is, at that age, students are smart enough. They're savvy enough to to understand and feel another person's pain. If you present a fact, they are. Mm -hmm. But 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 my my point is is this: going back to curriculum, I had a colleague that I worked with this year. Now we've always had stellar. They have not been without challenges, but for the most part, they have been stellar curriculum departments, okay, who presented stellar professional development. I can say this for social studies, right? okay? And we were given an opportunity at least once a month to go in with our colleagues and, and, uh, and, and role play and, uh, and vet different lessons and exchange ideas. And once a year, we had something in social studies called Four Teachers by Teachers, mm -hmm. where teachers who had found uh, um, interesting and savvy ways to present information were willing to share that with their colleagues. And we went down to the administration building that, uh, that, that, that spring, and we sat down for the whole afternoon, from the morning till the afternoon. And late afternoon. Late afternoon. And we went through, we got to pick which uh, workshops and breakouts we wanted to go into. And I was able from that particular, from that particular professional development that I went to every year, I never missed a year from the time that I started with HISD. But from that particular pr professional development, I was able to develop a relationship with a an organization called Constituting America and have my students uh, and be able to bring that organization down and present the Constitution in real time ways that affect them today. Uh, they came down and, and, and did that in my classroom. These are the kind of things that make the students remember what a history lesson is about. Yeah. And um, also, I because of Crystal's uh, political connections, um, I uh, I 
because of her political connections, because you guys know she ran for state representative at one time. Um, we got to connect with so many politicians. We got to connect with so many judges and yeah. state representatives and council people. I mean, the gamut on the political scene. And a lot of these were minority. A lot of them were minority um, politicians. Right. And I was like, okay, I want to do a, um, I want to do a black you know, for Black History Month, I wanted to do a African-American, um, a look at African-American lives and to show my students that you can be, you know, much more and you can dream and aspire more. And these same people who ran for office and have been in office come from your exact backgrounds, most of them. And, you know, you're absolutely right, Rebecca. You brought many people into your yes, classroom. Yes, so... And uh, students, I remember our colleague, um, I'll say his initials, he may not want me to say his name, DS. Oh, he doesn't care. Okay, well, I'm going to say DS. Every year, he, he did uh, a program that was called uh, Mock, Mock Trial. Trial, where he got students together. And the students uh, studied with lawyers who mm. came into the school for weeks and they were able to present a mock trial. And do you know a lot of those kids got scholarships Absolutely. in mock trial? They Because they participated in mock trial and those lawyers kept up with those kids, they were able to get big time scholarship money, academic scholarship money for a lot of those kids who college was a distant dream. And Rebecca? If there's one thing that really stands out to me that I that I uh, two things that that will always stand out to me is that the last year that I was at, at that particular school, the last year that I was at Navarro, uh, because of a connection that I had, a, a good personal friend who was the acting director of the uh, the uh, division of uh, alcohol, tobacco and firearms under uh, under uh, President President uh, uh, Biden. He, we were able to get him and his entire team to come down. His, what do they call it? The, uh, the, um, uh, not a brigade, but his entire team, the Secret Service. Everybody came down, mm. and they were able to sit in front of my, of our students. And I have at, a security clearance because yes, of that. Yes, we had to get security <laughs> clearance and everything. Yeah. But when we brought the director of the ATF down to sit and talk to our kids. And this particular guy came up just like most of our students. He uh, was not from the greatest of circumstances. He uh, was was from a, a small urban community, and he had become basically the top cop in the in, in the U.S. We had the, uh, the the sheriff's department come out with their uh, homeland security team, and they brought their 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 their. Uh, uh, pursuit boats out to show exactly how they maneuver and when they have to protect someone who's coming in by sea or, or, or anything like that, or when they have to go out on, on um, different uh, excursions and, 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 and assignments that have to do with homeland security in the water. Everything was able to be pulled together and we were able to do that. And uh, I think that um, the superintendent came out. He was a part of it. Mm -hmm. And we had several uh, uh, county commissioners come out. We had several um, um, city council people come out to be a part of it. And these are the kind of things that those students remember. Yeah. And I remember when LULAC, I worked closely with LULAC. Yeah, black girl working with LULAC. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember LULAC coming in with DS. Um, 
and we were teacher mentors and we were bringing so many different projects to the school, the gardening club. These children had never touched dirt outside of being three and four years old. Right. Planting. Uh, I mean, they were literally planting vegetables. Yes. Planting. Um, we, they were able to attend a garden. These kids came on a Saturday. You know these kids don't like getting up out of their beds on a Saturday to yes. go to school. Yes. But they were coming in droves to tend to the garden. Yeah. Um, the garden club. Uh, we, I know at one point we were setting up a podcast and we were using uh, our podcast or Crystal's podcast yeah. as a as a blueprint, right. you know, teaching them. I was helping them write speeches. We were talking about Robert's Rules of Order. I was uh, teaching, helping them to present and debate. It was so many activities going on, and now it's nothing. And let me say this. If it's one thing that I was extremely, extremely proud of is, do you remember, Rebecca, and uh, Mr. Santos after the Uvalde school shooting? Oh, Our yeah. students were so deeply, deeply Ooh. touched by that, that they, because of being in our history classes and learning about learning about um, civil disobedience, learning about making your voice heard, even when you're small, you have the right to, to make your voice heard. Our students were able to get together and we we asked permission. We got permission from the district. We got permission from all the way from the top to the bottom. Our students wanted to uh, stage an act of civil disobedience in front of the school. And it was, uh, and basically they created posters and they talked about gun, uh, uh, gun legislation and gun safety and protecting students within that school environment, having a safe environment for schools. Because in, it, as a matter of fact, I thought about that yesterday. I was driving through Santa Fe, Texas, and and I, you know, and that, that came back to me. But our students, and I have that, you know, I have that preserved in video. And, and one of the yes. things that sat so well with me was one of my kids today, just today, told me, you know, I miss your class, Miss. I was like, mm, I bet you do. And they was like, no, 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 Miss Williams, for real. One of the things that I miss in your class is the discussions we used to have. Yeah. We used to have deep discussions and you made me think about things in a way that I've never saw. And as I continue to go through the world and I'm seeing a lot of things on social media, right. everything that you taught us was like, it's coming. It's almost like it's coming to the future. And that's what it's about. It's about, it's about creating students and young people who can go, who, who can think and go forward and make sound decisions that are going to affect my life and your life and I the was, lives of everyone around them. I was telling one of the higher ups, um, and I tell Crystal or anybody any day, as much as I complain about my job and I complain a lot. Um, but one of the things that I am that I signed up for in teaching, and I always said that if I couldn't do this anymore, it would be time for me to leave. I just didn't want to teach kids about dead people in dates. That's right. I wanted to be the type of teacher, and I know this sounds cliche, but this is how I really feel. I wanted to be the type of teacher that made citizens of the world. Yes. I did not want to just teach dead people in dates. When my students left my class, my goal each year, year in and year out, 
what impact have I made on their the lives yeah, and that would make them citizens of the world? Yes. I told my students about voting in the legislative process. That was my whole intention. My right. intention was never to teach from a script. Yes. And even if I had to teach from the, a script, I wanted to make sure that my students were students of the world. I wanted them to make sure that they were lifelong learners. That was my goal. I've always wanted to plant that seed. Yeah. Always question the world. Always figure out what your place is in the world. Always figure out what your purpose is and work from that. And know that you can make a difference. Right. Know that it's your it's your responsibility to right. make a difference. Right. It's your responsibility. I remember my first year at Navarro. My the kids had to educate me, and I'm embarrassed to say this, but the kids had to in, educate me about ICE. Y'all know that's oh, uh, yeah. they had to educate me about ice and ice agents these are the people that deport right so i had to help stage a walkout i did research for them and i learned so much from those babies and their tears is about to well up in my eyes but i've learned so much from those babies that it opened my eyes to what they have to deal with daily and for me to be in the classroom and tell them to keep going in spite of parents being deported, right. in spite of the, I mean, and the horror stories that I heard, yeah. I was like, no, I can't sit here in this seat as their teacher and not do nothing. And I started to empower their voices for them to speak out and to go from all of that to where we are now, not only saddens me, it sickens me. And you know what, Rebecca? If it's one thing that 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 made me, it, it solidified for me why I do what I do. I remember this was the the year that we were uh, the year of the campaign, and we were over at a, a specific multi service center in a, a, a part of town that was in the district that I was running in, and I had a stu- I, I had a person come up to me and say. And we were out campaigning. We had our signs out and we had on our little. I was running and flagging yeah, people down. Yeah. <laughs> we were out campaigning. It was voting day. And uh, it was election day. And a student came up to me. He was holding a sign and he said, Miss Dillard. I said, Yes. He said, Do you remember me? I said, Oh, because I always remember their eyes. Now, mind you, when I, the last time I saw many of these students, they were kids and now they're adults. But he said, It's me. My name is Mauricio. I said, from Ortiz, I said, yes, Mauricio, absolutely, I remember you. And we started reminiscing. He said, well, I'm running for judge. And I I mean, I was absolutely, tears almost came out of my eyes because he was a, he's a public defender now, but he was running for um, district judge. And I said, you know what? There's a reason why I do what I do. When I see the impact, so we took a picture, we immortalized that, the student and the teacher. I could see that that we have got a successful um, um, young man from not the best circumstances. He was an immigrant. He came to this country as a, as a young person. And he is now in a position where he's running for judge. And that was so meaningful to me. Because from what I understand, Rebecca, they're not any competent teachers in HISD. Isn't that correct? Yeah, of course. we were. T- no one's competent. Nobody is competent. So 
the, the incompetency somehow was able to direct this young man on a path to become a candidate for a district judge. And one of my friends was telling me a story. Uh, she's also a teacher in Aisha ISD. Uh, she had been teaching for 19 years. She was a science teacher. And she told me about a story about how this little girl, she used to fight tooth and nail with this little girl. The girl stood up in her face and cussed her out multiple times. Mm -hmm. But she said it was just something about this little girl that just would not let her right. let her go. Keep her close to her heart. Long story short, the girl that hated science just got her white coat wow. at Howard University. Yeah. Just got her white coat at Howard University and is on her way to one of the top medical schools in this country. The same little, and she said, girl, I'm taking off work. I don't care what nobody has to say because I have to see my baby get her white coat. Yeah. And she said, and I used to fight with this girl to do, to put her name on the paper. And now yeah. she is getting ready to go to one of the top medical schools in this country. And that just kind of, that goes to show you when I hear anyone make a blanket statement that according to a test score, there are no competent teachers in the, you know, in, in uh, Houston Independent School District. You know, that is really, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. And that, that, that says a lot about um, integrity itself. Right. It says a lot about uh, transparency and it says a lot about propaganda. Yeah. But, um, but I want to say this, I want to say this, Rebecca, there's only one way. I hope that my teachers out there, I hope that my teachers will share this podcast oh they will they will i hope that they will share they this podcast will. and let me tell you why because regardless of what side of the aisle you sit on mm -hmm. regardless of what side of the aisle you sit on i want to be in lockstep with someone who supports teachers right exactly we've had people from both sides of the aisles who have been proponents of teachers in the state of Texas. And ladies and gentlemen, you've got to simply look at the record and look at the people who support education and those who do not support education, those who give money to education, um, to, to impact education, and those who take dollars away from education. Mm -hmm. Again, They've been on both sides of the aisles, mm -hmm. but I'm going to stand with someone who stands for me and the other educators in the state of Texas. Now, this was a question that I posed at the beginning of this podcast, and this was on the flyer that I sent out. Could what happened in HISD with this particular takeover? There could have been many different uh, types of takeovers in HISD, mm -hmm. but, but what we got, was it one that we can see success being at the end of the road or or, or or would something else possibly have made a different impact? I think something else would have made a different impact. Do you think support of, of teachers would have made a different impact? You know what? If we would have just been brought to the table. Yes. If we just would have been brought to the table. And I don't say this just about HISD. Yeah. I say this about, because as, Sometimes, you know, we can't see the forest from the trees. Right. I'm one of those sometimes. But this is not just a systemic problem in HISD. No, it's, it's a not. systemic problem 
in Houston. It's a systemic problem in Texas and yes. nationwide. And dare I say worldwide, because teachers are still fighting for their rights in, in the UK right. and in Italy and Japan. Teachers are fighting for their rights. Yes. So I say this, if and I'm talking to all the politicians out there, all the people that's in, you know, if y'all just would have brought us to the table and asked us what the problem was, it wouldn't even been no need for this. No, you so busy with your own political agenda. So, and that's why I'm at the point now, Crystal, stop telling me this is about the kids because it's, it's not. not. No, it's not. It's, it's never not. been about them. It's about folks own political agenda that is divorced from the children. And let me say this, and Rebecca, we only have a couple of minutes left, but I want to say this, and then we want to get to a couple of, I'm not going to say statistics, but a couple of numbers here that we, as teachers, as teachers around America, starting today, we're, we're on YouTube. And starting next week, we'll, we'll be on all of the major um, podcast networks throughout the country. Spotify, um, all of them th throughout the country. Yes, yes. So um, we'll have our RSS feed and we'll be everywhere because we want teachers around America to stand in solidarity with us as to what's going on here. Right. Now, Rebecca, I will say this again, and then we're going to look at two numbers. Okay. I stand with any politician at the helm in Texas who is for public education. Exactly. I stand with any politician in the state of Texas who is uh, for backing teachers because I can tell you this, only what, 2%, 2% of Americans were taught by private school teachers. Mm -hmm. Everybody else, if you are listening to this, if you're reading this, thank a teacher. You, are, you better thank a, pub a public school teacher out there. Remember that. Now, here's the thing. At last count, I'm going to say uh, uh, for the 2020 election, there were 370,000 teachers in the state of Texas. 370,000 teachers in the state of Texas. Rebecca, how many teachers in Harris County voted? 321,000? No, 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 no. In Harris County voted. Oh, in Harris County, less than 10,000. Less than 10,000 teachers in Harris County voted. Less than 10,000. We are 370,000 strong all over the state. How many public school teachers are there in the state of Texas, Rebecca? Is it 320? 21,000. 320,000 public school teachers in the state of Texas. Teachers, let me say this. Can this happen in your district? You better believe that it can. All that needs to happen is for someone to get mad enough or angry enough or not like, not like what you're doing or how you're voting enough. That's all that it takes. And this is this is what can come as a result of it. Is, is it. Do you think that this is punitive, Rebecca? Oh, of course. Okay. Of course. Were we the only school district that uh, that that fell short of whatever the uh, of course the not was? Of course not. Okay. My point is this: there are school, teachers, there's districts with F ratings that have not been taken over. Teachers, I'm saying this to you: you need to stand in solidarity. First of all, I'm going to tell you something. I never, I, I never, when it comes to certain things, I'm going to look at the track record of the person. 
okay if it's a a person that is a, a a member of a political party that i agree with and they're not doing the right thing they don't have my vote that's the bottom line if i can see that what they're doing and what their record has been is is, is not standing with my own integrity you don't have my vote you need to stand with the person it doesn't matter what you do on down the ticket okay but you need to stand with a person who is going to be making decisions for your students in public schools in 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 this state and making decisions that is going to that are going to uplift teachers we have got to stand with each other we've got to stand with each other because if your teachers are removed from the equation then you've got a country that is that that you've just pulled the pulled the bottom from uh the, the bottom out of that out of that equation you have and everyone falls if your teachers fall everyone falls am i right rebecca absolutely i couldn't have said it better myself and i'm just wanting to say this on my end and i and i'm gonna say i speak for crystal she'll interrupt me if i'm not <laughs> I will completely stand and fight for teachers. Whether I'm in the classroom or not in a classroom, I am going to fight because there is no society yes. without teachers. I am tired of us being bullied. I am tired of us being picked on. I'm tired of us being the scapegoat. I'm tired of all of it. And as long as I have breath in my body, body i am going to continue to fight for this profession simply because a society cannot ex exist cannot stand. it cannot stand without teachers yes and i will scream it to the time if i have to stand by myself and scream yeah because these children deserve a right to public education that's right period they deserve that that's right and they deserve a, a right to a good public education. Exactly. And Rebecca, let me say this. Uh, we're going to be signing off in just one second. But let me say this. Again, all politics start locally. Okay? All politics start locally. If you don't see your local politicians standing up and speaking out against what's happening to your teachers and in your school district, you may need to change who they are. Mm -hmm. If you don't see your local politicians, I don't care if they sit on the committee or not. If you don't see them standing in unison, standing toe to toe and, and, uh, and, and, up, and, and uh, holding up and uh, your teachers who are out there on the front line, if your politicians are silent, you need to give them their walking papers. And I don't care. What I mean by that is, even if it doesn't matter, if it doesn't matter, we need to put them in front of a microphone standing for teachers as, as much as possible. That doesn't need to be something you need to tell them to do. Every chance they get, they need to do that. Thank you to the politicians. Thank you to the elected officials who do that, because there are some who do that. And two, that is extremely yeah, important. Two that I can just name yes, right off the top yeah. of my head. Well, three. Jolanda Jones, she has been standing and fighting for us. Ron Reynolds has been standing and fighting yeah. for us. And Carolyn uh, Evan Shabazz. Uh, Carolyn Shabazz has been standing yeah. and fighting for us. Yes. Like, that's, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. and they're all products of public schools in right. the state of Texas. 
So, exactly. so ladies and gentlemen, if you're if your uh, elected officials are not standing with teachers, they, they don't need to be. They don't need to. You don't need to stand stand with them and stand for them. But to the elected officials out there, you need to have make your voice known and make your voice heard at every chance you get to make sure that you get the media on you because we need to shine the light on what's going on, on. what's going on here because if it is a because parents are being lied to yes. consistently yes. absolutely well rebecca williams i hope this didn't sound like a gripe fest guys i don't think that it did and if it I, did yeah, whatever. but i don't but, but you know here's the here's the thing what we are saying is absolute fact right. and i will say this and I want the record to stand for this. I love my school district. I love it. Okay. I wanted my entire career to be in that school district. Challenges it has. But I love the school district. I don't like what I see going on right now within the district. Okay. I want to make that distinction. Yep. Last word. Last word. Oh, I just on a more positive note, I am so excited. I'm sorry, Chris. I have to do this. I want to mm -hmm. send a big shout out to my godson, um, Frank Jr. Moss. Frank D is what we call him, Jr. Um, he is committed to Gramlin State University and signing day is next week. So if y'all see me in a Gramlin shirt, no, I'm not dissing PV. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to, I'm so proud of him. Um, it's been a journey for him to get to this moment. And I'm just so proud of him um, so much. So I think, oh, Junior, God, mommy is so proud of you. So congratulations. congratulations. You finally committed. It's done. And we awesome. can move forward. I, I love you and I'm proud of you. Awesome. And Again, I'm going to I'm going to put a put a uh, uh, I'm going to implore all the teachers out there. I want you to put a, uh, put a comment in in those comments. If you have some things that are concerns to you that you've seen change in a way that you are that are not going in the uh, in a positive direction for your students, you need to make that known. You need to make that known again starting next week. Well, we started with YouTube today. We are uh, streaming live on YouTube also, and we're going to be on all of the major podcast uh podcast Yay! network starting on next week so Yay! please please share this share this share this share we're gonna this. have some bottles popping yes. in here guys and we, want, <laughs> we, want, we want the teachers to stand from all over america to stand in solidarity with us so rebecca as we say every week we, we can, can do, do it. it see you later bye guys